Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Blood Talk. And today we're returning back to form and talking about uh, slasher slash horror movies. Now, um, funnily enough, I realised I actually get a few plays when I talk about anything other than slasher or horror movies. Um, So, you know, it is a wonder as to why I've come back to horror movies simple answer is because you know why why not it's my account i could do what i like um so yeah um today i'm going to be going over why phantasm 4 oblivion is my favorites of the entire phantasm franchise now if you've been on my account you know that i absolutely adore phantasm it's my favorite horror franchise of all time None of the movies in Phantasm are my favourite horror movies. Like, I think only two of them make my top ten. Maybe only one of them. But um, in terms of just consistency and ideas, easily my favourite. It's my third favourite franchise of all time. And my favourite American franchise. Um, Yeah, so I want to talk about why Oblivion is my favourite one. Mainly because I see a lot of people really dog on this movie. A lot of people think it's, like, worst or second worst in the franchise. Some people say that Phantasm gets progressively worse the more it gets on, uh, goes on. That the first is brilliant, the second is pretty good as well. Uh, then the third is not great. Fourth is bad, fifth is even worse. That's the general consensus I get. Whereas for me, I personally believe... Fourth is the best, the second is second best, the first is third best, uh, fourth is the last one, and then my least favourite one is the third film. Um, so I might go over like why the third is my least favourite a bit, and why each one has the place, but I'm mainly going to be talking about Phantasm Four because my opinion on it is controversial, and I understand that. So, Phantasm 4. Is it one of my favourite movies? Yeah, makes my top 30. Um, as does Phantasm and Phantasm 2, I believe. But this one in particular is maybe even top 20, I think. Um, and you might just ask why. Because a lot of people call this film slowly paced. I think it's amazingly paced. I mean, I think they say that because a lot of it's set in the desert. And if you're not concentrating on what's going on, then you get a bit bored because there's nothing happening. But because I'm so hooked the entire time, I'm always concentrating. Um, but also, what the main thing I like about this film, I think, aside from just the setting, because the setting I love, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in Death Valley, like a film with £650,000 budget. And the film, a lot of it in Death Valley. That's genius, but also dangerous. And I say this because, of course, in America, you don't have the NHS. Um, So if anyone got hurt or potentially passed out, you know, had a problem, had an injury, then... It's Don Coscarelli's, he's the director, Don Coscarelli's responsibility to use the budget to pay for them to get better. Um, 
and like the budget is minuscule as it is, so mm, you know, a bit dangerous. Um, but it's also genius because the budget is so low that they couldn't really film it in a big city slash rural area. They probably couldn't even rent out a uh, a mausoleum to film it all in again. And obviously they couldn't do it in like a national park where it's free to film or something because there'd be people there and it just wouldn't look right. So to do it in an empty space where there's absolutely no one around, that's really clever in my mind. Um, And also, if Phantasm fans know one thing, it's that Don Coscarelli knows how to make a tiny budget look pretty big, especially in the first two films. And in here, I actually think he does pretty well with that again as well because well once again he uses what he's got like his muscle car he didn't have to pay anything for that uh he probably doesn't have to pay Amor, michael baldwin and reggie bannister a ton of money because they're so passionate about the franchise anyway and same with angus scrim really um they're all just so passionate about the film they're doing and that's that's why in terms of behind the scenes stuff phantasm's my favorite because it's just clear that everyone working on it is so passionate about it. They're having fun and they're not trying too hard. Um, yeah, but what I really do like about this film is the ideas that it's going for. Like, the ideas in this film and the origin story they give the tall man all just insanely good in my opinion. Um... Like, what I do really like is the fact that they give the tall man an origin story, but they don't, like, they tell you what you need to know, but they don't give you everything uh, and the stuff that you want to know. And that's so clever, because it leaves enough ambiguous, but also enough to imply upon what happened. And what, I'm, what I mean by this is the explain how uh, the tall man... Uh, can travel between dimensions and stuff, but they never explain what happened when he went through the dimensional fork the first time. It's as simple as he went in and he was good, and he came out and he was bad. Like, you can make up your own mind as to what happened there. Like, you could argue maybe he gained some new powers when he went into the dimension, because in that dimension people can abide the laws of physics. Sorry, defy the laws of physics. Um, or you could argue that an alien form took him over, or whatever. You can just use your imagination, and that's why I like it so much. Um, because if you didn't give the tall man an origin story, it'd still work, but it would take some of the intrigue out of his character, because you do think, well, maybe they're just doing it because they can't be bothered, or they can't come up with a good enough idea. Whereas doing this shows that they care about the character enough to give him an origin story, but the reason they're not showing you everything is to keep it ambiguous. Such a clever move on Don Coscarelli's part. Um, and I love, I, I really quite like the soundtrack, honestly. And even the the song to close out the film, uh, I think it's called The Reggie, the, no, that's, that's the one from Ravager, what's it called? Uh, have You Seen It? sung by Reggie Bannister, who of course plays Reggie in this film. It, when I first heard that song, I thought, no, it's not really my thing. But I gave it a few more listens, and I really do like it, and I think it's more due to the melody, 
because they incorporate the Phantasm theme into it. And it just proves that the Phantasm theme just works perfectly with any any song, really. Um, and yeah, I suppose the lyrics are quite nice as well. Um, and there's another thing. I mean, the Phantasm theme is my favourite theme song of all time. Like, to anything. Um, or at least in terms of films. I'm, I'm not sure if I prefer it to the Doctor Who theme or not. But it's certainly a close second, if not number one. Um, my favourite version of it is the second uh, one from the second film, of course. I just think it's brilliant theme, honestly. Um, one of the best horror movie themes out there. Uh, yeah. But this film's soundtrack is really quite nice. They use some, I think, from past films, but then they do have their own original soundtrack. And that bit in the finale, in fact... Um, in the finale when Mike explodes the car and you can just hear the phantasm theme creeping up but it's in it's not creepy it's more action than exciting and it just shows how versatile the theme is um and then when the tall man uh, turns and looks back at, at the like almost the dead end of the film just stares and then goes through the fork. The the phantasm theme just feels so glorious. There is oh, I love hearing that theme. It gives me chills. Um. Honestly, I'd only really watched this film recently because thing is, I'm I've always like since I've I've known of phantasm for I think three years now. But I only really started watching it um, around last year. I think it must have been around April of last year. The first one I watched. And then I watched the whole of the second one, I think. But And then I watched a lot of the third one. And that was about it. And then in... um must have been around... October of last year, I'd really started loving the franchise a lot more again. And I watched Phantasm Ravager because it was available on YouTube for a while, but then it got shut down. I thought it was pretty good, um, but then I wasn't as interested in watching the other ones as much. But then, um, around March time, I was... Oh, March, when I rediscovered my love for Phantasm, wow. Uh, March, April, May, wow, that was like my prime as a Phantasm fan. I was obsessed, and I still am. Love the franchise, but it was really just around that point where I was absolutely, my interest peaked. Uh, like, I, I bought the box set. I, I bought a box set I couldn't even afford. I loved it that much. Uh, the, ooh, which one is it? It's not the Wellgo USA one. I couldn't afford that one. Uh, it's the one that comes with the sphere, but it's the newer version. I, I don't know if it's Anchor Bay. Oh, I'm not sure. It's not the one where the sphere, the, the DVDs come inside the sphere. It's the one where you've got a little plastic sphere that comes with it. Cost me about 120 quid, but worth every penny. Honestly, the set is gorgeous. Uh, it comes with Blu-ray discs as well. And a little like confidential DVD along with a little booklet. It's just so well presented. Um, it's on my, it's on my 
uh, wardrobe actually. It looks just looks great. Um, yeah. So I'd only I'd watched a lot of Phantasm Four before actually watching it in around April. But when I did watch it for the first time, I thought, "Wow!" And people say this is the weakest of the uh, of the five, because I I thought at the time it wasn't my favorite when I first watched it. It took about two or three more rewatches to really confirm that I loved it. But it was certainly like second or third favorite for me, um, like to the point where I thought, "There's no way I prefer this to the first one, is there?" Like, because the first one's a classic. The first one is, I like, almost iconic. Um, but then I thought, you know what? Yeah, I do. I prefer it to the first one. Um, I, I, I just think it's so impressive how Don is able to work with the tiny budget and that he's made some really clever decisions, such as using deleted scenes from the first film to bulk up the screen time in this one um and that and it, it does work objectively like they're not just randomly cut into bits from the other films they actually have it relevant to the film we're watching like for example you know the bit where mike's hanging himself and then the tall man saves him and it cuts back to when uh mike hung the tall man and it's a nice bit of symbolism um Reggie, Reggie's always fun. Like, Reggie's like a, an Ash Williams, and I think he used to rub me the wrong way because I thought he was trying too hard to be Ash Williams uh, after the success of The Evil Dead. But then I realised to myself, Reggie came first. Reggie came way before Ash. And while I much prefer Ash as a character, still do love Reggie, and he almost makes my top ten favourites of all time, like, in terms of characters. Um, he's just always fun to watch on screen. Um, and he's a badass as well. I mean, that quad barrel shotgun, I really want to make it like, of, of course, not an actual shotgun because I live in England, I've not got a, a license to kill, but, um, I want to get those Busby double barrels and just stick two together just to, just to look like Reggie because he, he looks so cool when he's got that. He's the coolest ice cream man ever. Um, then I think this just, I think this film has some really great moments. Um, and I think even though people don't really particularly like the film, I think they can agree with me on that. I think they can agree that this film really does have its moments. Uh, such as the bit where, um, Mike's on the floor in Death Valley on the ground, and the tall man starts speaking to him. He goes, come boy, we have things to do. And he goes to the Dimension Fork to get away from the tall man. And the tall man goes, careful what you look for. And then Mike steps through it. And he goes, you just might find it. That moment there is one of my favourite moments of all time, honestly. It's probably my favourite moment from any of the Phantasm films. I don't even know why, it's just the ambiguity of everything he's saying, and the shots as well, and the music in the background creeping up. Um, even the sound of the Dimension Fork, I just really dig it. Um, everything about that scene just works so well for me. The cinematography, the Angus's voice, you know, 
it just works, you know. And then when you look at it in retrospect as to what happens after, when Mike actually finds out who the tall man was, yeah, wow. Um, I also like that this is... This is this is like a something that happens in the Phantasm films a lot. Doesn't have a good ending. Um, most films, 90, 95% of films, have a good ending. The only other films I can think of that don't have a good ending are like Empire Strikes Back, which is my favourite film, actually, of all time. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, the Evil Dead trilogy. Um... Well, except for Army of Darkness. Uh, I don't know. I'd be really hard-pressed to find another film that doesn't have a good ending. Friday the 13th, the original one. Uh, I suppose maybe Halloween, but that's debatable. You know, it's very hard to find a film that doesn't have a good ending. But all five Phantasm films have a really terrible ending for the heroes when you think about it. I mean, the first one, Mike gets captured by the tall man. The second film, Mike gets captured by the tall man and his girlfriend's killed, and Reggie's presumed dead. In the third film, um, the, that's when um, Mike goes off because he's got a massive fucking gold ball stuck in his head, uh, lodged into his skull, and then Reggie gets captured by the tall man. And that, that, that kid, what's that kid called? Forgot what the kid's called, but he gets uh, killed as well. Um, oh, there's something. Uh, I forgot his name, but if you've watched Phantasm 3, the kid in that, um, he he didn't die at the end of Phantasm 3. But it was planned for Phantasm 4. At the beginning, you'd see the dwarves basically snacking on him. Um, but, of course, due to budget, uh, they couldn't they couldn't get that filmed. Which is quite unfortunate, really, because that would have been probably the darkest scene in the franchise, honestly. They've never gone to the length of killing off a kid. Anyway, but Phantasm Four has the darkest ending of them all, in my opinion, I think, because the tall man goes over to Mike, takes that gold ball out of his skull, which is just lodged in there, and that scene makes people that that made me cringe. Like, I don't get, I've not got like a gory phobia or anything, but even that made me go yikes. It's just imagine getting a massive metal ball lodged inside your head, and then having it extracted later on. Like wow. And a Michael Baldwin's very up and down with his acting, but he really sells the pain in that that little moment. I think. And then the, the tall man just walking over to the fork and then disappearing. It's not a good ending for the heroes. It's a good ending objectively, but for the heroes and thematically, no, it's not. Um, then I suppose with Phantasm Five, does it have a good ending? I mean, it's definitely the nicest ending out of all of them. But it's arguable whether it means it was a good ending or not. Um, yeah. All these films are just so good. Um, like, the reason Phantasm 2 I think I prefer over the first is because I just find it to be more fun than the first. I think, objectively, the first film is the best of all of these. Um, but I think I just prefer the first, uh, the second one to the first because it is more fun. 
But then I think Phantasm 4 is like a mix of Phantasm 1 and Phantasm 2. Because it takes the uh, road trip elements out of the second one. It takes the ideas of the first one. It takes the creepiness out of the first one. But it also takes a lot of the action from the second one as well. Like there is some... This feels like an action film as well as a sci-fi horror. In fact, this film doesn't really feel like it's a horror, the fourth one. Um, aside from the tall man being a horror movie character and the gut. Like, you take those elements out, there's nothing really... I mean, I suppose the first ten minutes are, but the rest of the film's more of a sci-fi, I'd say. Um, but I suppose Angus Scrim is terrifying whenever he's on screen anyway, so... Yeah. Um, then, yeah, so that's why I prefer it to the second and the first, because I think it's like the perfect balance between those two. Then why do I prefer it to the fifth? Because the fifth is just a very mixed bag of a film for me. It's got so many elements that I think are so good, but then it's got so many elements that I think, no, no way. Like, on one half, you've got the tall man back, and you've got Phantasm Five, But then on the other half, you've got uh, the effects. Like, this... I can't name a film I find more of a mixed bag than the fifth one. There's, yeah, like, I could name so many other examples. Like, on one half, you've got pretty bad acting, but then on the other half, you've got the actors who you really do like. Then on one half, you've got ideas that are really, really inspiring, but then on the other half, they're not really executed very well. Um... And you know what, I think that's the only problem I have with the entire Phantasm franchise, the fact that it's got some great ideas, like, inspiring ideas, but they're not always executed too well. But I just think that Phantasm 4 is where those ideas get explored the best and the most. Like, you could make an argument for the first one uh, being executed more. But that's more of a foundation thing. That's more of a establishing everything that's going on. Phantasm 2 and 3 definitely don't explore much on the ideas. They're more... Like, they don't really care about the dream stuff. It's more just the action and the horror, I suppose. Then the fifth one tries, but doesn't always get it right. Um, and it goes for new ideas. Whereas the fourth one expands upon what you already know and that's why i really like it um and yeah why is the third one my least favorite out of all of them because it just feels like a poor remake of the second one i mean it's not bad i don't think it's that bad i mean i think it makes my top 50 of all time might just miss off but it i don't know it just it, it feels so much like the second one you know, but it's not as good as the second one, and the effects aren't as good, it's a lower budget, the writing's not as good, I mean, Rock, Rocky's a great character, she's in this, and she's great, so there is her, Um, and yeah, there's other good things about the third film, but I just think it's the weakest out of all of them, personally. Um, I mean, I have seen it twice, uh, maybe maybe three times actually, 
and it's as I say, it's not like a bad film. It's nowhere near like one of the worst I've seen. Like it's maybe it's one that I actually like, but just compared to the other Phantasm films, it doesn't look good. Um, maybe this is just me being biased as a diehard Phantasm fan, but I don't think there is a bad Phantasm movie. I think all of them are great for their own ideas. I think that the first is the creepiest, the most surreal, the most dreamlike. I think the second one is the best for its action and its effects. I think the third one is the best for its characters, I suppose. Yeah, I'd say for its characters, because I do like a lot of the characters in here. Especially Rocky and the kid, I think he's like a, meant to be another Mike. And he does work. He's obviously inspired by Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, but he's fun. Like, the characters in Phantasm 3 are really fun. And even that, that trio of uh, pirates, the, the pirate people who robbed Reggie's car, I think even they can be fun. Uh, and very, very overplayed. Um, then I think the fourth one is the best at exploring the universe more, if you know what I'm saying, like, going through the ideas and telling you new things. And then, finally, I think the fifth one is best for... What do I think the film's best for? Maybe for wrapping things up? I'm not sure. But out of those, I think the fourth one would sound like my favourite, too, just for the idea of it exploring and expanding on the universe more, because they're not doing it to cash in more, obviously not. I mean, that's so clear. But they're doing it because they've got a genuinely, genuine love for the franchise. That's always been clear to me. Like, every story I hear about Phantasm just makes it so clear that they're not doing it for the money. Like, the closest you could get to that is Phantasm 2, when it was owned by Universal, and they were telling them what to do and what not to do, and it did hinder it a bit. Like, it is a good film, don't get me wrong, but still hindered what it could have been. Um, yeah, whereas, like, I've heard stories about how Phantasm 5 actually came about, and it was because... Don Coscarelli had met this man who worked at Disney and they were just talking about Phantasm because this Disney man was a fan of them. And they made little uh, shorts, like short films with Angus Scrim. This is about 2008, I think. And then suddenly uh, suddenly one day Don Coscarelli just goes, why don't we make Phantasm 5? Why not? And it gets made. Like, it's just so clear that he didn't do it because he thought, oh, this is going to be a big risk in money. No, he's doing that because he had ideas and he wanted to get them out there. Phantasm 4 was originally going to be the last of all of them. And you can see, you can sort of see why, because they leave it on a haunting, ambiguous note of uh, Mike maybe being dead, Reggie ending up nowhere. Perhaps, possibly, you don't know. Um, the tall man disappearing, and then the final scene is the symbolism of Reggie driving Mike in his ice cream truck off into the distance. And I think it's kind of too ambiguous to leave it on. 
so I was really pleased when I found out there was a fifth film made. Um, and I think the fifth film is better at wrapping things up, I'll say that much, but I don't think it does it greatly. It just feels like a finale, though, from the music especially. You get that sense that this is going to be the last Phantasm film ever. And I really hope they don't make a sixth film, because I've heard um, Don has been saying that Phantasm fans are insatiable, even though he loves them very much. Uh, insatiable, if you don't know what that means, basically means they're very hard to satisfy, which is true. And you can understand that, because Phantasm is such a wild concept with so much, uh, so much idea that can go into it. So he said that he's not planning a Phantasm 6, but you just never know. And I really hope they don't make one, because you can't replace Angus Scrim, who of course sadly passed away six years ago, rest in peace. But you just it's like making a Nightmare on Elm Street film without Freddy Krueger. Or it's like making a Halloween film without Michael Myers. And yeah, I know Halloween 3, Season of the Witch was a Halloween film without Michael Myers. But the only reason that that film works is because, like, it was a decent film, but it had nothing to do with Halloween. Absolutely nothing at all to do with it. The only reason that the people who made that film used the title is because Halloween was successful. So they wanted to cash in on that. Um, but yeah, Phantasm Six. I suppose if they were to do it, they'd have to just continue from what we left Phantasm 5 on, and that would, of course, be Reggie, Mike and Jody in the cold fighting off the tall, man, the tall Man's army. But I don't want them to do that, because it, while it'd be fun, it just wouldn't be the same, and it'd feel very Phantasm 3 slash Phantasm 2-esque, with no new ideas being explored, and just playing it too safe with the action. And, by God, don't replace Angus Scrim. If they are to make a Phantasm 6, I don't, I'm not happy, but as long as they don't replace Angus Scrim, then I'm absolutely fine. Just don't even, I don't even know if I want them to CGI a new one and have him say lines. I, I just prefer it if they'd left it alone. I mean, I suppose there's always the possibility they could do maybe like a spin-off series. Um, or comic books. Or, or even books. Audio books. Stuff like that. But I'm not sure I really want an official film. I think the best option to go down is writing Phantasm books, and I think there might even be a few. But that's like a good way of extending the universe, but the people who don't want it to be extended don't have to believe that that's an extension. Uh, they can believe what they want, but then those who do want more can have that. It doesn't ruin it for anyone, is what I mean. And I hope that if anyone is writing that, it is Don Coscarelli, because no one knows Phantasm better than him. But realistically, I'd say the best thing about this franchise uh, may just be the music, possibly. Or that's at least one of the best things. The soundtracks are all 
five of these these films is so good. Uh, the best is obviously going to be the first one. But the fourth one and the fifth one especially, I really, really do like. It fits it thematically very well. Um, like The music in the fifth one feels like it's set for a finale, while the music in the first one feels like it's for a creepy dream. A nightmare you've just had. Then the second and the third one go more down the action route, and it works. Um, if you don't know, the Phantasm Four was actually going to be a big deal. It was going to be a massive deal. It was going to be a 15 million budget film uh, written by the man who wrote Pulp Fiction, I believe, and he won an Oscar for that. Um, and it was going to have Bruce Campbell in it as well. And it was going to be the finale. It was going to be called... What was it? What was it going to be called? I forgot what it was going to be called. I think it was going to be called Phantasm Forever. Something like that. It, but it was going to be the final Phantasm film. And essentially what it was going to be was the tall man's release to plague. And it's killing everyone in the world off. And I think they're trying to find a cure. I mean, the details on this film are very hazy there's not really a lot to go off but that like that's the basic gist of the story and wow i'm really upset we missed out on that i do love phantasm 4 as we got it but just imagine that phantasm 4 would have been a big deal it'd have been the highest budget of all of them by like three times like, I'm pretty sure the highest budget Phantasm film is the second one, which had one of, like, five million. This would be by, th like, three times as much. And, yeah, I think the only reason it didn't happen was because the studios thought it was too much of a risk. But that really hurts, because that just proves, once again, that the studios care more about the money and not about the actual idea. Because, so what if it fails, you know? Yeah, you're going to lose out on a ton of money, but the film would have been made and the film would have been great. Bruce Campbell, like, being in a Phantasm film, that, that that's a dream in itself. And you can really feel some of the elements in that early draft script put into Phantasm Five, Like, especially with the whole um, plague idea and taking over the world. Um... But once again, I just wish they got a 15 million budget because Phantasm deserves a massive budget and it'd look absolutely brilliant. Like, the best looking Phantasm film is arguably the first one, but that's only really due to Don Coscarelli being so talented. Um, the fifth one, apparently the fifth one had a budget of under 250,000. Which, what? It, de it deserves so much better and so much more of a budget. It's actually ridiculous, really. Um, yeah. Well, um, anyway, thank you for listening to my Phantasm discussion. Um, I don't really think there's much more to say. Um... <sighs> I mean, I suppose I could mention that the reason they had so much footage to put from the first film into Phantasm 4 was because the original cut of Phantasm itself was actually about three and a half hours long. But due to, of course, it being too long, Don Coscarelli had to 
shrink it down. Um, so we had so much footage left over. And I really hope we do get a release. I've messaged Don Coscarelli on Instagram, actually. He's not replied. But I've messaged him asking if we're ever going to get that three-hour cut. Because I really want to see it. I want to see what paths they go down and not. And how different it would have been. Anyway, yeah. That wraps everything up, I think. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you later. Goodbye.